Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. This message is from the series Jesus in the Gospel of Luke and was preached on January 15th, 2023. In today's passage, Jesus told us a parable, and I want to paraphrase the parable before I read the Jesus version. What had happened was that rich people had sneered at Jesus when he told them that you can't serve both God and money. We read that verse last week. And so Jesus told them a parable, and here's a slightly modernized but still accurate version of it. A CEO of a major online retailer dressed in the very best clothes, and he drove high-priced sports cars. Even his casual shoes cost more than most families spent on groceries for several months. His private chef prepared fancy meals when he didn't eat out in expensive restaurants. And on weekends, when he wasn't in his private box at the sports stadium, he flew in his own jet to his cabin in the mountains or his beach house. Outside his gate of his mansion lived a veteran in a cardboard box. We'll call him Larry, had been crippled in Iraq, and he suffered from PTSD. He longed for leftovers from the CEO's home, but usually he was just told to leave the area. The problem was he had nowhere to go. Larry died and went to heaven. And shortly thereafter, the CEO died and went to hell. And in hell, he saw a vision of a fully dressed, fully restored Larry in heaven at Jesus' side. And he called out, Jesus, have mercy on me. Please send Larry with just a drop of water to cool my tongue. I'm in agony down here. And Jesus said to the CEO, Do you remember all the good things you had in life? Larry had none. Besides, there is a great gulf between you and Larry, and no man can cross it. Then Jesus, Larry said, send Larry to my brothers so that they will hear, because they're just like me, and I want better for them. Jesus said, they have Bibles. And they have churches just down the street from their homes. Let them read and let them listen. But Jesus, the CEO said, if someone were to come back from the grave and tell them, they would listen. And Jesus said, no. If they won't listen to my word, and they won't listen to my preachers, then they will not be convinced, even if someone came back from the grave. It's kind of a modernized but accurate version of the parable that Jesus said that I will read here in a minute. If you remember from last week's passage, at the end of that passage, the Pharisees scoffed or sneered at Jesus because he had told them, you can't serve both God and money. And Jesus wanted them to know the limitations of money. He also wanted them to know about eternity. 
And I want both of you, I want all of you to know both of those things today. Money is of incredibly limited value. It's highly overrated in today's world. But it's of limited value. Eternity, unfortunately, is underrated and usually not even thought about. And so Jesus, as he pointed these things out to those who listened to him, I want him to be pointing them out to you and to me so that we understand what Jesus said. Now we're going to read the parable as Jesus taught it. It's in Luke 16, 19 through 31. It's the rich man and Lazarus. Let's stand together as we read this. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores, and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone, cross over from there to us. And he answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them, so that they, not, they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to them, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. You may be seated. And I want us to think about, it is a scary and powerful parable, for we know people exactly like the rich man who value only the accumulation of wealth with no thought for eternity. Unfortunately, I believe most Americans have more in common with the rich man than with Lazarus. For money may be, it is becoming our most important scorecard. How much we have, how much we accumulate, is it more than you? We even tell our politicians, it's all about the economy. And then we complain when they act like it's all about their own personal economy. They just act out what we've taught them. It's all about money. That's what we care about the most. Just keep the dollars coming and we'll all be happy. So listen to the lessons of the parable. I really want us to get it. Life is not all about money. There are many more important things. And I find at least six lessons that Jesus is teaching in this parable. And I want you and I to get them. And the first thing he is teaching is that eternity is real. Now, now don't overanalyze the details because parables don't usually give us details. They give us big, broad truths. And the great truth that Jesus is teaching here is that eternity is real. 
You can find more details about heaven and hell and eternity in other places. Here, though, Jesus is teaching us that this life and the pursuit of money is not all that there is. We do not cease to exist when we die. You and I will continue on as thinking and feeling people when this life is over. It was great for Lazarus. It was horrible for the rich man. But it was real for both of them. Eternity is real. And Jesus was emphasizing that. Now, if eternity is not real, I mean, we live and then we die, and if that's the end, then, then maybe it is all about money. But since eternity is real, Jesus makes it clear that life is much more than money and temporary pleasure. This life, which we often think of as too short, is just preparing us for the next and for the greater for Jesus' followers. The oldest among us, and we do have in our congregation some super seniors of 90 years plus, they are still in the pre-season of life. Not at the end, just at the beginning of eternity. Like all families, our family gets tough news. Yesterday we heard about our brother-in-law in North Carolina, TJ, that his cancer is not responding to chemotherapy. In fact, it is getting worse. Tears came to our eyes as we read from Don's sister what he told his doctor. He told the doctor, just help me hang on till May because that's when I get to hold my new baby granddaughter. Listen, TJ's a believer in Jesus. And one way or another... TJ will still exist in May, either on this earth rejoicing as he holds his brand new granddaughter or in the next one rejoicing with Jesus. TJ, when cancer finally gets him, will not cease to exist. And so Jesus is teaching us all, Lazarus, CEO, believers, non-believers, everybody, he's reminding us, listen, eternity is real. Now, the second thing that Jesus taught us, you need to hear this one as well, and that is eternity is decided now in this life, not in the next one. You choose now, during this life, where you will spend your eternity. With Jesus fully rejoicing, fully healed of every possible spiritual, mental, physical affliction, or with a rich man who found out that everything he had spent his life seeking was meaningless and he would trade it all for one drop of water. The choice is made now in this life, not in the next one. The rich man wanted mercy after this life. Listen, unlimited mercy is available to all now, to anyone who calls on the name of Jesus. But after this life, it's too late. The rich man wanted grace and pity after this life. Unlimited grace and forgiveness and love and mercy is available to everyone right now. But after this life, it's too late. The choice is now, not then. And so that's why Jesus taught us to call on his name in this life, to believe in him 
in this life, to believe that he is God's son, that he died for us on the cross, that he rose again, that he's alive. He calls on us to believe it in this life because the choice we make in this life determines our eternity forever after. And no amount of twisting of the facts. And I hear people all the time who want to read the Bible another way. It's clear as it could be. The choice of eternity is made in this life. And no matter what is said afterwards, it's too late. I've told you before, kind of a standard preacher story, we all tell this story, an ungodly man died. And so his brother enlisted a preacher to speak at the funeral. And, and he told the preacher, listen, during the service, I want you to say that my brother was a saint. And the preacher says, there's no way I could say that. Everyone in town knows he routinely cheated on his wife, abused his kids, stole from his clients, trafficked in, judge, trafficked in drugs, bribed the courts, and he was a notorious bigot. The brother said, please, just say he was a saint. It was important to me. The preacher said, no, I can't do that. So the brother pulled out his wallet. Here's $100. I want you to say he was a saint. Preacher said, I can't do that. Here's $300. Just say he was a saint. Preacher said, I, I can't do that. Here's $500. Just say he was a saint. I'm sorry, it wouldn't be right. Here's all I got, $1,000. Say he was a saint. Preacher said, okay, I will. He got up in church, and the preacher said, I need to tell you the truth. This man cheated on his wife, abused his kids, stole from his clients, trafficked in drugs, bribed the courts, and was a notorious bigot. But compared to his brother, this man was a saint. <laughs> no amount of changing the story after the fact, no amount of bleeding, begging, and pleading will change your eternity. You can't buy your way into heaven. It comes only by faith in Jesus, no other way. And you must make that choice in this life. Which is why as preachers, we just keep telling you, we just keep preaching. And sometimes you come to church saying, man, I've heard this before. I've heard this before. I've heard this before. I heard this before. Can he tell us something else? No, there really is nothing else to say. Jesus is real. He is God's son. He died for us on the cross. He rose on the third day. And anyone who believes in him is given eternal life with God in heaven. Eternity is real. Eternity is decided now. Now, now, those are lessons about eternity. Jesus also gave us some lessons about money, and I hope you've learned them, but many have not, so let me point them out. And the first is, money has no eternal value. Now, I hope you've learned that. Money has no eternal value. Nothing from the rich man transferred to the next world. His money 
was meaningless. His luxury home ultimately fell apart. His fine linen was probably used to wrap him in the grave. His food decayed. A lifetime of accumulation on earth may lead a few people to become billionaires, but when they die, their net worth, financially speaking, is zero. John, in the book of Revelation, says the street of heaven, you remember this, is made of the purest gold. Now, that may be allegorical. I don't know. We'll find out when we get there. But it points out that all the riches of earth aren't worth more than a wheelbarrow full of blacktop when we get to heaven. Money has zero eternal value. Remember this. Money only has limited value on earth. Did you dream or think about winning the mega millions jackpot this week? It was worth $1.35 billion dollars. The winning ticket was sold in Maine. I don't believe we know yet who won that. But if the past is any guide to the future, whoever won it, it will all be gone within five years. Nearly every lottery winner will tell you. And they've done interviews of them. That after the excitement fades, the problems come unwanted media attention, friends who only love you for your money so you don't really know if you have any friends, every nonprofit in the world asking for gifts, every entrepreneur coming to you with the latest get-rich-quick scheme. Listen to an interview of one young lady in Europe who won the lottery, and she immediately got multiple... Um, surgeries because her body image was poor and she told how she almost died in the hospital from complications. Most big money winners end up broke and depressed wishing they'd never won. Money is not worth all the time and energy that we spent pursuing it. Now most of us aren't going to win the lottery I hope none of you win the lottery because I hope none of you are wasting any of your money buying tickets on the lottery. So I hope none of you win the lottery. But I hope you have learned in life that no matter how much money you have, it is of limited value. It can buy a house. It cannot buy a happy home. It can buy fame, but it can't buy happiness. It can buy acquaintances, but it can't buy friends. It can buy luxury toys to play with, but no real joy. I've known over my years happy rich people and happy poor people. Money doesn't seem to be part of the equation for either one. Happiness comes from God. Happiness comes from a life of purpose. Happiness comes from family. Happiness comes from friends. All of those things cost nothing. Now, if God has blessed you with money, that's great. That's good. He does that to some people. Use it for great good, but remember it is of no real great value. Don't let it change you and don't let it consume you. 
Eternity is real. Eternity is decided now. Money has no eternal value. Money has only limited value on earth. And remember this, God's rewards come later. You can see that in Lazarus. From a human perspective, Lazarus had a tough life. Disabled or otherwise unable to work, he was forced to beg and rummage for food. He had sores all over his body and received no sympathy or treatment except for what the dogs provided. And that was it. But he received his reward and his comfort in heaven. And so instead of 70 years or so of luxury here on earth that the rich man received, he is now up to at least 2,000 years of comfort and luxury in heaven with an eternity still to go. To live life correctly, you and I must understand that our primary payday is not on Wednesdays or Fridays or the 1st and 15th of the month, but it will come someday. Our payday, what God will reward us with, is real, but we don't always get it in this life. It comes in the next. The Pharisees of Jesus' day and some prosperity gospel people of today make the same mistake They mistake worldly riches as evidence of God's blessing. It's not always that way. It was not that way for the rich man. The rich man was a miserable excuse of a man. Had a hungry man right outside his gate and never paid attention. He got his payday in this life. Don't work for just a payday in this world. Work for something that will last, that Jesus will give us someday. And if you die a pauper but have Jesus in your heart, you are worth far more than any billionaire on earth. Because our rewards come later. And then Jesus taught this. Listen now. Because we already know all that we need to know. I'm sure you caught in that parable the reference to Jesus' own resurrection. Jesus said, no, even if someone came back from the grave, which Jesus did not many months later, even if someone came back from the grave, they wouldn't listen. For the most part, the Pharisees didn't. The Sadducees didn't. The scribes didn't. Most Jews did not. More faith came from Gentiles who never saw the resurrected Jesus than from the Jews who did. So what Jesus is saying is, listen, you have all the information you need. So listen up now. Don't wait for some miracle to come later. Listen up now. But do we? You and I have the Ten Commandments. They're universally ignored in America, sometimes most obviously by Christians. You and I have the Sermon on the Mount, the words of Jesus, universally ignored in America, often even by Christians. The average American household has 4.3 
Bibles. My hunch is you have more. But the average American household, looking across, has 4.3 Bibles for every single family. They're everywhere. But do we listen? Jesus is alive. Are we listening? So Jesus said this, listen up now. You've got everything you need to know to make a decision. So the question is the same then as it is now. You have all the information that you need. Even a huge miracle isn't going to change things. So what are we waiting for? Are we going to take Jesus absolutely seriously? Or are we going to write him off? You and I have to make a decision. He's real. He's the son of God. He died for me. Or he didn't. And my eternity hangs on that decision. So what do we do now? I'm going to give you two things. And one is so obvious because I've been hitting at it the whole sermon. Make your choice now. Are you sure that you are sure that you have made a decision to follow Jesus? This is too important an issue to be a little vague about it. Well, you know, I go to church. That's not the question. Well, I have more than 4.3 Bibles in my household. That's not the question. I walk the aisle. That's not the question. I was baptized. That's not the question. The question is, have you received Jesus into your own life as Lord and Savior? Well, pastor, I'm a Southern Baptist. Yeah, well, the rich man could have been a Southern Baptist. You don't get to heaven by being a Southern Baptist. You get to heaven only by faith in Jesus. And so have you made your eternal choice? I mean, I really want you to think about that. This is too important an issue to procrastinate. I'm going to think about this, and I'm going to make the decision next week. Man, I've heard a lot of people say that, and I never see them again. So I'm really challenging you to think about it. Make your decision to follow Jesus today. And then secondly, for those of you who have made that decision, I'm going to give you a little phrase here. Live long. Make every decision in your life based and looking at the longest possible time span. Don't just think about what's going to happen if I make this decision today. How does this affect 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, eternity down the road? I mean, good parents are forced to do this all the time. You don't just give your children what they want today. Let's all have ice cream for breakfast. You make decisions based on what's good for them down the road. And sometimes they like it and sometimes they don't. But you're looking at a bigger picture. I'm just challenging you in, in every aspect of your life to, to look at the longer picture, the longer the possible, ultimately, eternity. Dave Ramsey says that the difference between a child and adult has nothing to do with years. The difference between a child and adult is that a child does what he wants. Now, an adult does what is best for the long run. And apply that to your faith. He applies it to money. I'm telling you to apply it to your faith. An immature believer does what feels best now. 
a mature believer does what is best for 20 or more years and even for eternity. So live and think long. Are you ready to make a decision? Then I invite you to do that today. You know me well enough that I'm not a high-pressure evangelist. I just want to tell you the truth and ask you to act on it. And the truth is, there is a God. He is real. He loves me, and he loves you. He really did come down from heaven as Jesus, die on a cross on the third day, or die on the cross and rise on the third day. And then he calls people like you and I to believe in him and follow him. And he gives us eternal life, which I always define as a life worth living here on earth and one that gets much better later. And so I'm challenging you to make your decision today. We can help you with that. There'll be people down here who'll be honored to help you. You can come to the altar and just pour your heart out to Jesus. You can do it right where you are and let us know later that you've done that. And then when you do that, Look at the big picture. 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 10,000 years down the road and live your life in that way. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. You can find out more about our church at abcaz.net and you can find Pastor Jack's sermons on most podcast apps. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.